Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your daily dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome back to your Daily Dose. I hope all of the mums out there enjoyed their special day this past Sunday, as yes, it was Mother's Day. In these strange times, there's still so many special days and special events that we've had to adjust our routines for and switch our normals to. We've had to come up with something completely new to show those special people in our lives how much we care about them. So hopefully everyone thought of a neat idea to do for their mums, and hopefully you spent a good day. In last week's show, I talked about and encouraged you to search out some common weeds that are appearing on our lawns, along the roadsides, and in driveways. So I'm going to hope that many of you took a bit of time to get some fresh air, and to look for some of these common healthy weeds that we have. I also hope that some of you tried some of the recipes that I had mentioned. So please drop me a line at DoreensDailyDose at gmail.com to let me know what you did, what you found, and what you tried. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. So today, let's look at a few more commonly found found plants and uh, flowers that are hopefully more beneficial to us than most of us think just by looking at them. Let's look firstly at goldenrod. Now, there's about a hundred or more species of goldenrods that grow throughout North America. And here in Nova Scotia, we've got 20 different species that have been identified. Many people will tell me that they are allergic to the goldenrod because of the pollen. However, most of your allergies are caused by ragweed, not the goldenrod. And this is because goldenrods are actually pollinated by the bees and they don't release the pollen into the air like the ragweeds do. So goldenrod can actually be used against the allergies that have been caused by the ragweed. Now that's needless to say, there are people who still will be allergic to the goldenrod. And if you are, and you can pinpoint that it's the goldenrod, you should not use the plant for anything. Goldenrod is usually found in open areas and along trail sides. So if you're unsure of your identification, please use a local field guide or look online to search up because goldenrod has many lookalikes and some of these lookalikes are actually deadly. So please, again, be very sure of the plant identification before you start harvesting. Goldenrod flowers are edible and they can be eaten in salads and some people have actually lightly fried them and enjoy them that way. They're also used as a flavoring for some alcoholic beverages and they're used again in fermenting for homemade drinks. You can cook and eat the leaves basically the same as you would cook and and use spinach. The leaves, the flowers, and the roots are used in medicinal preparations, and you can use them in medicinal teas and tinctures that can be infused into raw honey, or it can be made into a syrup for children. Now, I would strongly recommend that if you want to use these for children, that you have an herbalist prepare this for you, especially if you're unsure of what you're doing. Anything that you're going to use on children, even yourself actually, but more importantly, 
If you want to use it on your children, please be sure of what it is that you're getting. So check with an herbalist and you can probably get it from them. Goldenrod is astringent and it's an antiseptic, which makes it very useful in treating urinary tract and bladder infections. And it's very effective in bringing balance to the kidneys and aiding in preventing some kidney stones. So it's a very good choice if you need to have something for long-term use. But remember that you do need to be careful because um, goldenrod is a diuretic. Um, It's also a very good herb of choice if you're looking to heal any skin wounds, any burns, open sores, cuts, or skin irritations that you might have. Because it is an anti-inflammatory, it's antibacterial, and it is antifungal. So it's going to help wounds quickly heal, and it's going to soothe some irritations. Now you can make goldenrod into a decoction for a wash. You can make a poultice with it, or sometimes you can use the dried leaves. And if you crush them up into a powder, you can apply that powder directly on the skin wound and it's going to help stop the bleeding a little bit more quickly. You can also use goldenrod to make some ointments. Now, should, should you be looking for something that, um, something that you want to use for burns, traditionally it was the roots that were used for any burns. If you want to make your decoction, do you remember how to make it? I think I went over it the last show. However, you're going to need an ounce of the leaves or the flowers and two cups of water. You're going to put it into a pot, put it out on medium heat, and let this come to a boil. So once it boils, turn down your heat and and leave it on low, and then let it simmer for about 20 minutes. Once it's cooled, um, you can strain it and strain the herbs off, and you can store this decoction up in, in the refrigerator for up to three days. Now, if you can purchase or make a goldenrod tincture, that's very good for treating um, seasonal allergies and colds. The tincture will actually calm the runny eyes and noses, and it helps to relieve sneezes that most likely are triggered by summer and fall allergies. It is an antiseptic, it's an expectorant, and it is a natural antihistamine. So goldenrod can actually be combined with some sage, and you can take it as a tea when you need it for a sore throat. Or if you let that tea cool, you can actually use it as a gargle if you have laryngitis. Because of its antifungal properties, Goldenrod can be very effective against yeast infections like candida. Now you're going to need to drink the tea or take the decoction daily for that. Because of its anti-inflammatory properties, it works very well to reduce pain and swelling, especially if you have it in the joint areas. It's very useful to treat gout, arthritis, and other joint pains. You'll need to take it internally as well as topically. So you'd have to apply a poultice or wash it directly on the affected joint area. Now, when you harvest your goldenrod, be sure to take only the healthy leaves and flowers, any that are starting to die, or if they're not looking really healthy, you don't want to be using them. You can pick the leaves during the spring and the summer, and you want to get the flowers during late summer or early autumn, just as the flowers are beginning to open. If you do want the roots, you need to take them either in the early spring or the autumn. And these plants can also be dried and stored if you want to use them through the wintertime. Now, some things to watch out for. 
Goldenrod is diuretic, so it can be drying when you're using it long-term as a tea. Do not use goldenrod products if you're taking fluid pills because what's going to happen is the body's going to lose too much fluid and it's going to also make your blood pressure drop too quickly. You don't want to use goldenrod if you're pregnant or if you're nursing. And in some people, you need to be very careful because goldenrod can increase the blood pressure. Um, if you have any chronic kidney disorders, you really need to contact your healthcare provider prior to using any goldenrod products. And please remember, don't use any goldenrod products if you are allergic to any member of the daisy family of flowers, because goldenrod is actually part of that family. Again, be very sure of your plant identification because there are poisonous lookalikes of the goldenrod and you really do not want to be harvesting them or bringing them home for anyone. If you're going to make a goldenrod tea, you're going to use two cups of boiling water. If you're using fresh goldenrod, you're going to have about a tablespoon of the fresh. Or if you're using dried, then use about two teaspoons of the dried product. You want to bring the water to a boil and pour it over the goldenrod. Allow this to infuse for about 15 minutes and then you want to strain and serve. If you'd like to improve the taste of the tea, when you're, you're steeping it, add some mint, some fresh mint, and that will really make it into a nice cup of tea. The next one I like is burdock. And another burdock is another member of the daisy family. And if we remember, um, burdock used to be around a lot when I was younger. Um, it was really a pain because the animals would go out and they'd be coming home and they'd have burrs all, all messed up in their coats. It used to be an invasive weed, but for the past several years, I've not seen it in the places where I used to see it when I was younger. And most of the time I was really happy about this because I really don't want the animals coming home with burrs in their coats. But then I found so many great properties of this plant. And because of that, I started planting it in contained areas of the property. The leaves, the stems, the seeds, and the roots of the burdock are all edible. And young first-year roots and leaves are extremely good in, in salads. Now, we, we must remember that the burdock is a biennial plant, meaning that it's going to grow for two years. So in the first year, you're going to be able to get the roots, the stems, and the leaves and then in the second year is when you can actually harvest the seeds. And the seeds are contained in the actual burr, which is those little things that got stuck in all of the animal's coats. So that actually contains the seeds. The burdock is an antibacterial and an antifungal, and it helps with digestion and gas. Again, this plant is another diuretic, so um, we need to be careful if you're taking any fluid pills because... The diuretic properties of this combined with medication is going to make the fluid leave the body quicker. It also helps to regulate blood sugars. It's a powerful detoxifier and the root is often used for medicine as it helps to eliminate heavy metals and toxins from the body. It'll also help with conditions such as sore throats, rashes, and other skin problems. 
Burdock has also been known to kill some cancer cells, and it has been used to treat breast cancers, uh, colon cancers, and pancreatic cancers with good results. However, if you are undergoing any types of cancer treatments and you want to use burdock or you are using burdock, please let your doctor know, let your healthcare provider know what you're using, what you're doing, and make sure that it is safe for you to do so. Burdock is also very high in iron. So anyone who has an iron deficiency could very quickly increase their iron levels by taking supplements of burdock powder or just go out and eat the root as a vegetable. Your body is going to utilize um, the, the iron and the vitamins and minerals from these much more easily if it's in food form rather than taking a supplement. Burdock is also very soothing for your skin. Its properties will enhance the, the skin's ability to heal much more quickly, and it's very good for skin diseases such as eczema, psoriasis, acne, ringworm, insect bites, burns, and bruises. Now you'd have to use a burdock tea for this, and you'd have to use it both as a wash and you'd have to have it internally to clear the body of the toxins. For any bruising, burns, and sores, you want to crush the seeds, which are contained in the actual burr, and you want to use this as a poultice form on the affected skin. You can also use the fresh burdock leaves, either the first or second year, it doesn't really matter, and they can be lightly steamed and you can apply it as a poultice to the affected area and that's going to help to draw out the infection and it's going to help to speed the healing process. Burdock root helps improve digestion and it can also help to lower blood sugar in people who have diabetes. This herb is one that's used to strengthen the immune and the lymphatic systems. So it's going to help rid the body of toxins and that helps to ward off disease. It can also help clean and protect the spleen and it helps to improve the quality of your blood. It's also going to stimulate the kidneys and relieve any of the fluid retention. Now, burdock tea is a natural diuretic and the anti-inflammatory properties of the burdock are powerful enough to reduce inflammation in osteoarthritis patients. You're only going to notice the improvement over about a two-month period because it is very slow. But if you take the time, um, use this, you will notice some differences. It's also very good for acute tonsillitis and other sore throats. You can use the burdock tea to relieve the pain and the inflammation and actually help to speed the healing process. It's also an antibacterial so it's going to kill any harmful bacteria. Now, remember, there are contraindications of burdock, and they are as follows. Because it can slow blood clotting, you don't want to use it with any aspirin, Plavex, Diclofenac, uh, Naprosyn, uh, Neprin, sorry, Heparin, uh, Warfarin, or other blood thinning agents, okay? And again, use care if you are taking any uh, fluid pills because of the diuretic properties. 
Right now, we're going to take a bit of a break, and when we come back, we are going to look at the beautifully scented lemon balm. Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements, and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then. Let's now look at lemon balm. Lemon balm is a member of the mint family and it has valuable healing properties. The lemony scent is also wonderful. And if you take a walk through a patch of lemon balm, you are going to have a beautiful scent rising in the air. The leaves are edible and many people will use them to make tea or to use as a flavoring ingredient. And I do know of several people who will use raw honey to sweeten the lemon balm tea. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'll encourage you to never add honey to anything that's hot or even to cook with honey. Heat will actually destroy both the medicinal and the healthful properties of the honey. So only add honey to something that is actually room temperature or is, is lukewarm. Don't add it to anything that's really hot. Lemon balm leaves are often used as a tea, an extract, a tincture, oil, or ointment. And lemon balm will reduce anxiety and it helps people to get a better night's sleep. It's going to calm the body and it improves your mood. Um, it also improves your intellectual performance, um, both in children and adults, and it doesn't have any negative effects. So for reducing the effects of any sleep disorders, especially if it's during menopause, you should try a combination of lemon balm and valerian, and that is going to help relax you and help give you a much better night's sleep. Lemon balm helps to stop the constant flow of anxious thoughts that we will have, and it also helps with some mild depressions, and it has been known to assist with ADHD as well. The lemon balm will actually seem to calm the mind and it allows people to think a little bit more clearly. Um, it seems to increase your mental alertness and it actually promotes a positive attitude. So give it a try. Lemon balm is also an antiviral and it's very effective against the virus that causes any cold sores. Now, it's going to need to be applied directly to the skin and that will help to give relief of some of the symptoms, including any itching and burning that you may have. Lemon balm also helps to relieve any heart palpitations that you may have, and it will help to lower your blood pressure. 
It protects the liver from some of the negative effects of our poor diets, which is really nice. And it also helps to detoxify the liver. So very beneficial there. Lemon balm um, oil uh, has a high level of antibacterial and antifungal activity. Now, this is particularly active against uh, candida yeast infections. And you can also use the lemon balm oil tincture or extract twice a day. Now, when we're talking about the oils, um, I, I really want to do a little bit of clarification here on the lemon oil. Lemon oil is a very natural product, um, and the essential oils are extracted from the peels of lemon. Now, it's, it's not for ingestion. It is a volatile oil, and the lemon oil is used mostly for cleaning as well. People use it in diffusing, and it gives a nice aroma in the rooms. Lemon balm oil is another, uh, of course, all-natural product, and this is from the lemon balm herb. Now, it can be used for all that we've mentioned above. However, again, it's not recommended for ingestion because it is another volatile oil. It can be diluted in a carrier oil and it can be applied to the skin. And when it's been used in this method, it really has been found that it does reduce agitation. I think mainly it's coming a lot from the smell because it helps to relax you. One needs to be very cautious. If you're going to apply this to your skin and then you go out into the sun, it's going to make you much more susceptible for sunburns and it's going to do it much more quickly than if you were not using any oil at all. If you plan to ingest the oil, which I certainly do not recommend that you do, it can cause nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, dizziness and wheezing so that alone should should um, encourage you to not use it as for ingestion and just to use it in other ways to help relax you it's going to be so much more beneficial to you um, if you're going to use the plant and just avoid ingesting either lemon or lemon balm essential oils lemon balm has acted as an anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant it does help to reduce inflammation in the body, which will help to protect against any disease and reducing pain. It has been used in hyperthyroidism or an overactive thyroid, and it may benefit um, if, you're, if you're using it on a regular basis. However, if you're using a thyroid replacement therapy, lemon balm may interfere with this, so again, please check with your healthcare practitioner because you don't want to have any contraindications of using an herb along with your medication. Um, lemon balm extract has a protective effect on the gastrointestinal system and it can help to prevent some gastric ulcers. It also can aid in digestion and it's very useful in treating for constipation as well as some colic. Um, people who have used lemon balm on their skin have stated that they've noticed a reduction in some fine lines and wrinkles, and it gives them a, a more youthful appearance. So sometimes you can make a, a cream and use the lemon balm in a cream and use it on your skin. So it's going to have a, a nice effect on your skin. If you don't harvest your lemon balm, it's going to run rampant and it's going to take over the whole garden and it's going to spread almost like wildfire. Um, so you want to be pruning it basically 
often you need to be pruning it. Um, you want to clip off the stems or you want to remove the, the leaves for, you can dry them. Um, you can use them fresh, you can put them in a dehydrator, or you can hang them in bunches uh, for, for drying and to use throughout the winter when it's not growing. Now, lemon balm is considered safe for most people, but um, it should not be used by people who are using any thyroid medication or with an underactive thyroid. Again, consult a medical professional before using your lemon balm regularly um, and don't use it if you're pregnant or nursing. And again, some of the side effects that you may have from it could be headache, nausea, bloating, gas, indigestion, dizziness. You could have allergic reactions to it. So consult your doctor if you are taking other medications or if you're planning any surgical treatments. Just, just err on the side of caution with any herbs um, along with medications. If you want to make a lemon balm tea, you're going to need to have one tablespoon of the fresh lemon balm leaves or a, a teaspoon again if, if you're drying it. And you're going to want one cup of boiling water. You want to tear the leaves all apart. Pull them all apart into little tiny pieces and you can either put it in a ball or you can just put them right into your cup. Pour your boiling water over the leaves um, or over the ball, whichever you have it in, and allow that to steep for about five minutes or so. Then strain off the leaves and enjoy the taste along with the smell because it smells wonderful. Um, if you want to have an extract or a tincture, then I would suggest that you find a, a naturopath or an herbalist who either has the tinctures or the extracts in or if they make them. Um, make sure that you're safe and you know exactly how much that you should be taking in that way. Another flower that I wanted to talk about um, last week, and I didn't, and I thought I have to do it again this week because they're soon going to be gone, is our Mayflower. And what beautiful little flowers they are when you're out for a walk along the trails and, and through the woods or any place, you can find these beautiful flowers and the scent is wonderful. Rarely are they used medicinally. Um, even in folk medicine, they're not used a whole lot, but... Um, the Mayflower is actually a very strong urinary antiseptic, and it is one of the most effective remedies um, for anyone having cystitis, uh, prostatitis, or bladder stones. Um, the leaves are very astringent, and they are diuretic in nature. Uh, in the parts that you can eat, flowers, uh, you can basically eat the flowers raw, um, they're very, very fragrant. Um, a lot of people are bringing them in and, and having them on their table. They smell wonderful. Uh, they have actually a spicy flavor to them, um, and you can eat them as is, or you can add them to a salad, and they are actually very thirst-quenching. So if you're out on a walk and you're really thirsty and you don't have a water with you, if you find some mayflowers, you can actually eat the flowers and you'll notice that you're not as thirsty as what you were. You can also make an infusion from the dried leaves, or you can do a tincture from the fresh leaves. Now, a tea made from the leaves um, can be used in the treatment of any kidney disorders, any stomach aches or bladder disorders, 
And it's especially good to use if you've noted that you have blood in your urine. So it's going to help with that. The thing is, is you need to use caution because the, the Mayflower plant actually contains arbutin. And although this is an effective urinary disinfectant, it does break down with water in the body and it changes um, to another chemical, which is actually toxic. So you need to be very, very cautious when you're out and getting the Mayflowers if you want to use them for anything that is medicinal. Again, talk to your healthcare practitioner and make sure that you're doing these things as safe as possible. You want to get all of the benefits out of these out of these flowers and things that are growing naturally around us. You want to get the benefits out of them. You don't want to get any harmful effects from them. So please be careful. If you're not sure of what you're getting, again, go to your field guide, look it up online, or ask a friend who knows exactly what they would be out looking for. Um, the leaves, you can use them fresh or they can be harvested in the summer and you can dry them for later use. So um, again, get out there and look around, see what you can find in, the, in these strange times that we're in and we have to self-isolate and we can't really be around a lot of family and friends at this time. Take the time to go out by yourself, look around, um, change of pace, see what you can find, how you can use it, um, and drop me off an email so that I can know what you're doing and what you're looking for, how you're using it. It, it is very, very interesting. So this brings to a close um, the episode of Your Daily Dose for today. Again, send me off a note at doreensdailydose at gmail.com. Let me know what you're finding during your walks and how you're using them. Um, until next time, everyone, please stay safe and stay well. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.